We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into another episode of the Goodman and Hummel podcast. I'm Jeff Goodman. He's Rob Hummel. And uh, we've got the guy, honestly, I, I know Chris Holtman, you don't want to hear this. Um, you're dealing with a Purdue guy. I mean, this has not been a good year for you and the Boilermakers, but we bring you onto a podcast and you've got to look at Mr. Purdue. Kind of sucks, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. And uh, appreciate that. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure we're going to get great guests going forward with Jeff uh, introing this like that. I'm sure yeah, people will love to come on here. It's a good start. It's a good start. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. 0-2 <laughs> against the Boilers this year, and uh, blame, blame that on the coach. That that was uh, – I, I tell you, I, I like this Purdue team a lot. I I think they're good. Give them credit. They got us twice. Uh, hopefully we'll get another crack at them. Yeah, that's two of your four losses. So that's not so bad, Chris. I think you would take that if I told you that at the beginning of the year, that you'd only have four losses at this point. Uh, and two of them would come to Purdue. You'd, you'd still probably sign on the dotted line there. Um, all right. Let, let's head back. Let's, let's turn back the clock a little bit to 2008. I believe was the year when, uh, you were leaving Gardner Webb as a head division one coach to be an assistant go back to the assistant life at Butler University. Um, there aren't many guys, Chris, that left D1 head coaching jobs to become an assistant again. There are a few, but not many. Uh, when I first heard that, I thought you were bananas. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why would you do that? You can run your own program. Um, now, maybe there was a little bit more money involved at Butler. I don't know. I don't know what the, the pay scale was at Gardner-Webb back then, but – uh, a little uh, bit. There was a little bit more. Yeah, it was right, a, a little bit a, more. A bit of a pay bump. So, w- what was that like? And in, in in was your wife fully on board? Like, how hard was that to to give up a D one head job? There's only three hundred. There are probably only about three hundred thirty five of those at the time. Well, keep in mind, you know, my wife uh, is is her family lived in Indiana at the time, still does. But you know, it was a it was a really really tough decision because we had just. Um, I'd been there three years and we just had our best year and we had really got it turned around. We were, we were moving it. We had won the most games in the history of, of the top of school at, at division one at the time and, um, had had success and, and, uh, in terms of rebuilding it. And as you know, I think I've talked to you about this, Jeff, 
you know, Brad Stevens and I talked after year one at Gardner Webb about joining him. Yeah. And uh, I never forget, you know, they had just come off the national championship, second national title game run. And I never forget being in the parking lot of, of um, the athletic facility at Gardner Webb and saying to Brad, I just can't do it at this moment. I made a commitment to at least move this thing in a positive direction. And uh, that's hard to turn down a guy like Brad as, as good as he is and what I knew that could potentially do for my career. But, you know, fast forward a couple years and I just did feel better about it. I had to, you know, I had to make sure everything was lined up with the staff. The deal with those kind of moves, Jeff, is, and I'm sure both you and Robbie know this, is the first thing you think about is, okay, how will this impact my staff? It's the first thing you think about because you can't uproot a bunch of families who've committed to work for you without having a plan in place for them. Sure. So once my AD agreed that they would stay on, uh, that they would have a chance to be uh, interviewed for the head coaching job, all that stuff lined up. I had a couple conversations and decided to do it. Now I will tell you, I ask everybody, including Thad, whether I should do it or not. And I got mixed re- mixed reviews, but mostly no's. Don't really? do it. Um, yeah, in- including Thad at, at, at the time was like, hey, I wouldn't do it. Hard to get jobs, would not leave. But, um, you know, obviously it's worked out. So, Coach, you, you go to Butler and you're an assistant for one year. Brandon Miller ends up stepping away. What was that summer like? Like, how soon did you know you were going to be the interim head coach? And what was it like kind of just being in that position? Well, B- Barry Collier, as, as you you both know, uh, tremendous AD. Um, he was, you know, he was up front the whole time. You know, the whole time about where – where uh, the the process was, where it was headed. Um, It's really an interesting, you know, I I think when I reflect back on that summer, it's all a bit of a blur uh, because there was so much going on. And you had a friend going through a really challenging time. So you were dealing with the emotions of that. And then at the same time, trying to be there for your guys and for your players. But once we realized that, Initially, we were saying, okay, let's hope that, like, let's get Brandon back. Uh, let, it, we'd only been there one year. Let's get this thing moving in a positive direction. We had a rough first year in the Big East, as everybody knows. But, um, once we knew he wasn't come back, then it was a conversation with Barry regarding, okay, you know, is, is this, is it realistic for me to be considered for this job? And when I had that conversation with him over lunch, uh, a couple weeks into the interim job, once we knew Brandon wasn't coming back, he was honest. He said, hey, we'll, we're going to evaluate you every day. We'll see what kind of progress you make. So so we know that Brad Stevens is pretty locked into Butler still. Like Jeff Jeff claims that he may retire one day and come back to Butler. That's Goodman. Surprise. Really? Yeah, last year, like at 60 years old or something, he's had it. And he just says, you know what? Maybe Butler, somebody, you know, steps down that year or something happens. And Brad's just like, you know what? If they can't find anybody else, I'll do it for a year. Would not surprise me. Uh, Brad, Tracy, they, I mean, they're Butler. They love that place. Their kids love it. They follow it, as you know, to this day. Um, and, and followed it while we were there. They're, 
So, yeah, he, he loves it. He loves it. I know he loves where he's at. But uh, way down in his career, it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't try to do that. So when you were the head coach at Butler, do you have any good stories about Brad being, like, extremely passionate from Boston about any of your games or anything, anything like that? Um, you know, in terms of uh, once once he was with the Celtics? Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't – all I know is, is he texted me after every game. Um, um, Tracy and Brady, um, Brad's son, uh, came to all of our Providence road games. Um, you know, he, he was, you know, he was one of those guys where Brad has a great way of under, he like, obviously he's a coach, so he knows the pressure that coaches go through. And he knows while I didn't follow Brad in a lot of ways, the, the, the time periods were close enough that I think he realizes that, uh, you know, there's still pressure following a, a guy like that. Uh, immense amount of pressure. So he was always incredibly gracious. And obviously it helped that we had a friendship dating back, you know, 10 years. Brad, um, you know, we were, we worked, uh, I worked on the staff at Taylor and Brad worked at Butler. And that's, you know, we used to go down and have lunch with him and watch practice. And that's really how our friendship uh, began. So three years in, uh, you get the job, the full-time job, when I think a lot of people weren't sure you'd, you get it at Butler. Three years in, three NCAA tournament appearances, uh, and then Ohio State comes calling. Um, tell me about that interview. I, I, I know some things. I've heard some things about that interview. I, I want to know the truth of what happened um, with that interview with Gene Smith. Well, well, I'll get back to that here in a minute if you let me. I My wife last week, um, uh, she keeps ticket stubs from a variety of games, and she, she kept the ticket stub from probably one of the more impactful games in, in our life, and that was the Battle for Atlantis, our game versus North Carolina. Uh, up to that point, we had had a few wins, um, and, and much, you know, I knew Barry was observing everything we did in practice. He came to practice every day. Um, so you got, you know, potentially a future boss that's watching, you know, everything you're doing. And Barry's a former coach. He let me know if he felt like I should be, you know, potentially doing something uh, different in practice. And it was, it was, I didn't mind it at all. It was, it was great as a matter of fact, cause he was a great resource, but, I'll never forget everything kind of changed after beating North Carolina in the battle for Atlantis when, when they were top five in the country. And um, I got a long text from, from, from Barry at that point. And uh, I told, I told Lori, I said, you know, our lives might, might change here. And that was kind of the first time where we realized hey, potentially um, we could, we could find a home home at Butler. And she showed me that the other day and she's going to have it framed and it brought, brought back a ton of memories, but yeah, fast forward a few, th- a few years, uh, obviously incredibly emotional time, the whirlwind hiring. I don't think, I don't know if people fully understand how quickly hiring takes place. There is really no interview. There is really, I mean, there's a comp, there's multiple conversations, but it is, uh, you know, speed dating at the highest level. And, um, you know, it just so happened that I had, you know, I had planned, uh, uh, for some downtime during June. So I was, I was playing in a golf benefit. And then I had a medical procedure that I had planned for six months. Um, 
And it was just around the time that, that Thad uh, decided um, and Ohio State decided to part ways. So um, I got a call from um, a search firm. Uh, literally, when I was in the doctor's office in McGown, um, and uh, I, I think I know where you're leading me here, and I'm reluctant. I'm reluctant to talk about it, but I'll share it. If you can't laugh at yourself, right? Uh, shame on you. So I was having um, a procedure uh, for my hair. You know, I was having the normal, you age, you get bald spots. So I was having a normal procedure that I had planned to have for about six months. Uh, my wife and a few others kept saying, hey, the, the camera from up top is showing a little bit right now. And they kept saying that. And, they, and then, you know, a couple more months would pass and like, hey, you might want to you might want to figure out if there's an alternative right there. Hey, Chris, Chris, I don't know if you could see, but my daughter uh, comments yeah. on the bald spot that is uh, ever increasing on my head. So I'm right behind you. You and I have talked about this. I got a guy. Yeah, I got to save a few more bucks, and then I'm, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah, I got a guy. So it's typical hair transplant surgery. The unique thing was I'm in a gown. I get a call from the search firm. Hey, would you have interest? Um, and I said to him, hey, listen, I, you know, I, I, I'm at the doctor's office. Um, I, I, you know, can, I, can we talk about this at another time? And he goes, yes, but I just need to know if you would, you, if you would entertain a call. I said, yes. I'll, you know, I'll listen. And then I went to the hair transplant surgery and I'm, you know, I am completely medicated for basically the next 24 to 48 hours. I mean, I'm high as a kite. I I don't, I can't, I'm not thinking straight. And um, that kind of commences the beginning of the interview process really. And it uh, made it an interesting uh, 48, 48 hours for sure. So you went to see Gene Smith and, uh, with, with, with the hat on, yes, and uh, yeah. not, not looking so good. Yeah, so so Gene was great. You know, Gene, Gene and Sheila, they're tremendous people. They, you know, uh, and, and obviously I didn't lead with, hey, I just had hair transplant surgery. I can't, you know, I can't really right. uh, kind of see right now. But but eventually, as we got more and more serious, and, and quite honestly, I had some, you know, I just loved being where I was at. I loved being at Butler. So it was a very difficult decision. So at the beginning, honestly, I probably didn't show the, the maybe the initiative that he was expecting or wanting for me to show. But when, eventually he was persistent and eventually we did end up meeting. And I did at that point have to say to him, hey, listen, I'm not trying to be too casual here, but I'm going to have to throw a hat on. Uh, because those that have went through a, a procedure like that, there's swelling that goes on. Um, you know, you just don't look, you don't look good. You don't look normal. That's why it's about a, you know, it's really about a four to six week kind of recovery period. You're not supposed to be seen anywhere really for a few weeks. Well, they wanted a press conference to happen potentially in in a couple days, and I said, listen, I, I'm going to come. I'm going to put on a hat. It was awkward. We met in a Holiday Inn Express in Dayton, and uh, in a uh, in kind of a hotel um, uh, conference room. And he and Sheila were great. We spent you know an hour and a half, two hours together. But uh, it was an awkward first meeting given the circumstances of uh, that 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 surgery. 
Coach, I think it's really cool that you just shared that. I think that a lot of people are like embarrassed and they shouldn't be. Like it's no, it's like I don't. I've never understood with anything where if it's like if it would make you feel better or like that's what you want. Yeah. Who cares? Like I, I think it's really cool that you said that. Yeah. No. You know what? It, like I said, I, I've told I've told Jeff this. I told uh, matter of fact that when I, I I've told you know close friends, I've told close friends about it, and as you can expect, your close friends. I mean, they love to get on me about it, uh, but, but it, you know, Hey, listen, it was an odd, it was an odd time. It's one of those things you reflect back and you say, man, you know, that, that I'll never forget the timing and all, how all that worked, but obviously it was a major life decision uh, for our family. And um, you know, I'll never forget calling uh calling Gene late, late one night and saying, listen, I'll be willing to talk. And he said, okay, I'll see you basically seven in the morning and driving early in the morning to Dayton and, and meeting him. I'm going to do a better job, Chris. When, when I have it, I'm going to make damn well sure I don't have any anything coming up. Like, I know you didn't plan it, but yeah. I'm going to make sure there's nothing. I'm like, I'm going out of the country or something afterwards. Yeah. Good call. You try not to have a press conference three days after you have it. I will, I will definitely not. <laughs> try, my, try retirement, not to my retirement, Chris, nobody's going to come to a press conference. So don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not even Rob. Yeah, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't come. Coach, you, you go from a, a basketball school in Butler, and yeah, they have football there, but it's – is it Division two or Division three? I think some of my yeah, friends it, played there, but they, they weren't great football players. Yeah, so. yeah it's basically one double – what used to be one, what one, one double A. So you go from a basketball school, now you come to Ohio State, which is such a football school. And, I mean, you've been around Urban Meyer. You've been around uh, – I'm blanking on his Ryan Day. Ryan Day. Ryan Day is now the coach there. Um, do you have any good Urban Meyer stories? And do you guys still stay in touch at all? Love Urban. Urban's been unbelievable to me. R- really has. And I, as soon as I got there, I said – I mean, this is Urban Meyer. I've got to find a way to pick his brain as much as I can. I mean, it's Urban Meyer. You know, I'm like, like I've got to figure out um, what uh, has made him excel at such a high level. And you hear all these stories about how, you know, the kind of worker he is and how maniacal he is. What I found him to be is incredibly gracious with his time, incredibly welcoming, Um I know, I, you know, I never forget our first year we brought him in to speak to our staff. And, uh, so we're in a conference room and I said, Hey, fellas, listen, we're going to have Urban Meyer come speak to us as a staff here. And, you know, I'm expecting it to be really good. And they were all on board. And I'm telling you, for, I, I initially planned it for 45 minutes. We're two hours in and, and we could have, we could have went for four more hours. It was unbelievable, uh, the stuff that he was uh, sharing uh, with our staff, um, uh, challenging them in, in ways that I'm sure he's he's challenged his previous staffs. Um, and, you know, our guys were writing notes, and we were laughing about it the other day because, you know, he would say something, and then he would ask them. You know, if they were looking up at him, he would ask them, you know, the answer. So a couple of them said, "Hey, I just I just wanted to keep writing notes so he wouldn't ask me any questions. I felt like I was being put on the spot." Um, you know, like a teacher, yeah, yeah like, fifth grade, fifth teacher. grade. You yeah, just didn't make right. eye contact. I had a couple guys that said, "Yeah, I, I couldn't make eye contact with him. I couldn't do it." 
I was too scared. I couldn't do it. You know, it was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was, uh, it was, we were cracking up. I was much fun. We, we were just laughing about it a couple of weeks ago, but I got a staff that really wants to learn. So Urban, Urban's two hours in and giving us great, great stuff. And that kind of started our relationship, uh, there. And last year, um, even through the pandemic, we had breakfast, um, multiple times. You know, I'd pick anytime I called him, I'd say e- even during his, his stuff with Fox, I'd, you know, I'd say, Hey, can I, can I ask you a few questions? Can I, I got something that I want to, I want to get your thoughts on. And he became really an unbelievable resource. And, you know, I've texted a little bit since he got, uh, the Jags job, but, uh, I, I've, I've tried to leave him alone a little bit too. Yeah. You're not going to hang, hang out with him, go down there for a little bit during training camp and, and, and get out of the, uh, I'd love to. Yeah. yeah, honestly, I'd love to. I'd love to get get down there and spend some more time with him. And but I also, you know, he's got so many things going on. And but I'd love to. I know that he'd be more than more than gracious. He's really been, um, you know, what I would hope that I would be if I had someone of if I if I had his pedigree, sure. and there was maybe a younger coach who uh, was was hungry to learn, as I hope he you know he thought I was. Um, you know, I would hope that I would be that, that gracious with my time. And Ryan, Ryan's been phenomenal too. Ryan Day is, he's the real deal. What people think he is, he is that. He is the real deal. 2021 is looking up. New beginnings means new opportunities to grow your business. If part of your strategy is adding new members to your team, LinkedIn Jobs finds the right person quickly. To make things better, your first job post is free. LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with more than 722 million members worldwide. Getting started easier than ever with new features to help you find qualified candidates and find them quickly. Post a job with targeted screening questions and LinkedIn will quickly get your role in front of more qualified candidates. Manage job posts and contact candidates from a single view on the familiar LinkedIn.com as functions are streamlined onto one simple screen. And now you can do this all from your mobile device, no matter where the day takes you. That's how LinkedIn Jobs can help you hire the right person faster. When your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn Jobs. And now you can post a job for free. Just visit linkedin.com slash good. Again, that's linkedin.com slash good to post a job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So when you first got there, I think... You brought up Greg Oden was like a I forget his title. What what, what was his title? Uh, he was uh, at the time Greg was uh, student manager student. Yes, like, he was a graduate manager. Graduate yes. manager, graduate manager. See, so had Greg Oden. You also I think had Scooney Penn in a role. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Are are those two playing like against the managers in game? Like, is this the greatest team ever put together? on a staff what was it like first of all high level dudes as you know scooney penn is a high level guy man he's he's with he's with memphis now he's with the grizzlies now and and as you guys know greg's greg's unbelievable uh, a lovable seven footer like big lovable like everybody loves greg greg played with the managers um every day after practice and before every before every game. So you saw all of these, you know, sawed off, you know, 
short managers. We had, we had some size, but you know, you saw all these managers who, and then you saw seven foot Greg Oden out there, like just running dudes over. And occasionally he would, you know, try to shoot threes, but when they needed him to score, like he would just, you know, he would do what he, what we know Greg Oden does. And, um, you know, we, we were able to practice with Greg a few times. And uh, because he was a graduate manager, he was allowed to do it. So we put him on the scout teams. As a matter of fact, when we played, uh, before we played Purdue, we put him on the scout team a couple of times because of Haas. Yeah. And we said, hey, we need someone to simulate Haas's physicality. So we said, hey, who better than Greg Oden? Let's, let's put him on the scout team. Let's have him simulate all of, you know, Purdue's run so many actions to get their bigs touches. So we got the guy, Greg Oden is going to imitate Isaac Haas. And, and he's going to simulate that even though, you know, he's a few years, few years removed from playing. We are probably, I don't know, two or three minutes into our defending Purdue actions. And I had to call it off. I told Terry, I said, get Greg out. He's going to hurt our entire team. <laughs> get him out. Like he's, I mean, bows were flying. Guys were falling out of bounds he was posting them throwing them into the basketball stand I said get him out like I need I need guys to play against Isaac Hall so he gave us a great look but I was afraid he was gonna hurt our team I will say it was awesome doing your guys games because after shoot around the managers would play they would play pickup and and they would they grab Greg and they'd grab Scooney and it's like yeah it registers with them because they know those guys on a personal level that you've got the number one pick in the NBA draft and the Big Ten player of the year from whatever year that was with Scooney playing against them. I'm well, not sure it did, like, but those dudes were, they were beasts. Well, if you know Scooney, they know because Scooney will tell them. He, he let them know. He let those dudes know he was Big Ten player. Greg, not as much, but Scooney will let them know. <laughs> he doesn't mind telling them. Right. I loved, I loved how Greg um, grew up because, you know, again, I covered Greg. It's funny. So here's a story going back. Um, I never, ever, ever introduced myself to a co- – when I was a recruiting writer, back when Rob was young. Um, now he's really old. Uh, I never, ever introduced myself to a head coach until Thad. That was the first coach I ever introduced myself to. It was at the tournament in Arkansas. And he was recruiting Odin and Conley at that point. And I remember going up to him. And, and I spent a bunch of time – around obviously that team they were so good and eventually I understood like I'm not even going to bother going up to Greg like he has no interest in talking to me zero he didn't want and it wasn't like like he wasn't arrogant or anything he just didn't want to deal with the media Mike Conley was great at it so you'd always talk to Mike and his dad both Mike and Mike Sr. were were awesome with the media Um, but you know a few years ago I did a big story for ESPN on Greg for outside the lines. And it was just awesome to see how much he's grown up, how comfortable he is with himself and how social, like he's not the most social dude in the world, but like, he's great now. Like, like he's really, yeah, he's just, he's grown up. He's grown up. He's great. He's great. I I get a happy father's day text from him every father's day. Um, He was great to have around. And I, I hope that uh, eventually an NBA organization hires him in a role that they feel like because it would be helpful because I think he'd be an incredible asset. I really do. Um, he's, he's, 
continues to grow and mature. He's got a beautiful family. They um, came on a lot of trips with us. So, yeah, he's great. Titus, Mark Titus has some great Odin stories, as, yeah, as you know. Hey, their AAU team was awesome. The speech in the heat with, like, with Odin Conley, McRoberts, Eric Gordon, Daquan Cook, Aaron Pogue. Like, those dudes were – they were killing everybody. It, it was – I mean, but there was also, like, legit crowds to see them play. I remember yeah. seeing them at Spies, um my sophomore year, and they were all playing. And it was like – it was – it was like going to a high school game. Like there was a lot of people at the game to watch. Yeah, that was an elite run uh, in in a in an elite group and and a ton of fun. And and even Greg coming to Ohio State, they had to change some things in terms of dorm security and everything because he's a rock star. He was a rock star coming. Yeah, EJ has been unbelievable this year. You and I talked about him in, in the preseason, and I know you loved him and love him. But I don't even know if you thought he would be as good as he's been, especially over the last month or so. What what has he done to be able to play at this level? I, I think he's a all first team Big Ten guy, and, and I tweeted that the other day. Like I know maybe I mean the first first team's loaded, so it's going to be hard for anybody to get on that team. But with the way you guys have won and, and the way he's played, I don't know how you can keep him off. You know, a lot of that will depend on on how we finish. Obviously, Jeff, as you know, um, I, I'm I'm in agreement. I think he's phenomenal. I think he's had a phenomenal year. Um, again, depending on uh, how we finish, we have a, a brutal schedule uh, ahead of us here with a lot of tremendous teams. Every team we play is either a tournament team or right there. Um, so we'll we'll see. But he's, you know, what? As I've said this, I, I just love this team and. And EJ is a big part of it because, uh, you know, he represents a lot of what I love about this team. They're, um, they're a group that's, you know, tr- just tremendous people. Um, they're your type of guys. They're your type of guys, aren't they? They're hard hat. They're going to play hard. You know what you're going to get out of them, don't you? Well, and he's, a, he's really talented, too, as you know. Yep. He is, he's, he's a versatile young man. Um, and he's one of those guys where, you know, you got to figure out, are you going to try to fit him in because he's six, six, are you going to try to fit him into a certain box or are you just going to try to let him play to his strengths and then figure out if there's some, some areas where we've got to support him. Um, and that's what we, that's what we did after about the first month of practice. We said, Hey, listen, we got to let EJ kind of be EJ in, in, in terms of how we want to play him. And yeah, they, they, it's a team full of guys that I just love. Um, it's not to say that we don't have ups and downs like every team, but I, I, I love this group. We've got a really close group and EJ's, I think talent and ability, and he had a phenomenal summer, but his talent and ability and his work this past summer has really shown. Coach, I know you said earlier in the year that Dwayne may send you to an early grave and yeah. certainly he's, he's, He's become a good Big Ten player. Yes. I guess how has your relationship with him kind of evolved in his time at Ohio State? You know, I think, as I said, you know, before that, uh, I love him. I love him as a kid. I love him as a player. I love the joy that he brings to the game. Um, I love the fact that that winning's important to Dwayne, as it is to all of our guys, but it's important to him. You know, I think anytime you have a high-volume score – I think there is a a um, 
fine line between coaching him and not over coaching him. Um, and, and Matt, your old coach did a phenomenal job of that with, with Carson. Uh, I, I just think uh, that's the balance you're always trying to figure out. Um, and, and that's why relationship has to be really important. Dwayne wants to, to, to get better. He wants to improve. He really has. And I think, I think that's what I feel good about when I reflect on, on our team this year is guys have really gotten better in, in our program and it's credit to them and their work. And you look at Kyle Young and Dwayne and Justin and, you know, we talked about EJ and those guys have really continued to, to improve and grow. And Dwayne's, yeah, Dwayne's been great. Now, listen, he tells me before every game he loves me. I tell him back I love him. But that doesn't mean that we don't have some really hard conversations in between those 40 minutes. Like as, long, hard. as long as before and after you still love each other, yeah, that's, that's, right. all that that's all that matters, right? right? I, that's right. That's right. So – uh, real hard conversations, but um, uh, when we recruited him, a number of people who love him and care about Dwayne said, "Hey, listen, that's how you're going to have to coach him." And and um, that's you know we've just tried to be really honest, but uh, you know I love the kid. Coach, you guys are knocking on the door of the top five, and Lunardi's got you a one seed right now, and certainly a month left of basketball. But when you hear that, what is your first thought? You know, honestly, Robbie, and every coach will say this, it's hard to say you don't uh, know it because, you know, you're a college basketball coach and it's everywhere this time of year, right? So I think everybody, every coach who says, I don't pay attention to that, you know, you try not to pay attention to it, but you you hear it. I would just say that uh, I don't think anybody obviously would have expected that of this group sitting in early February. Um. But I think our story's being written, still being written. I don't know what this next five weeks is going to look like. Every team in our league, almost everybody, with the exception of maybe one or two, has has had a real um, slide of, you know, losing four out of five or five out of six or, you know, because of how good the league is. So, honestly, Robin, we talk all the time, and we say it, and they hear me say it, focus on the bricks and not the wall. You know, the wall is what the potential of your team and what that can be at the end of the year and tournament time and advancing and all the bricks are what's most important. And we're trying to focus every day on ways, small ways we can improve. And that's all I I know to do at this point. The rest of it, we'll see what happens. So you grew up 20 minutes south of Lexington, Nicholasville. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nicholasville. Or so, Nicholasville, as you said, but Nicholasville. Nicholasville. All right, all right. I'll try to get it right. I'll try to get it right. Respect his hometown, Jeff. Come on. I know. Well, yeah, listen, it's like, right. it's put some like respect Wilson. on Nicholasville. That's the hometown of John Michael Montgomery. If you ever remember country singer there, that's. I'm not a country music guy. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, Chris. I'm, I'm not a big country music yeah. guy. You know, my, my wife and daughter like country a little bit. So I've, I've gotten a little bit more into it, but all right. So. Growing up in, in Nicholsville, um, were you a – did I screw it up again? Rob's <laughs> laughing at me. I think I, I – That's I think It was good. That's good enough. All right. All right. See, Rob, don't laugh. I got it right. Anyway, did you have, like, diehard Kentucky fan? I know your, your parents, I think, were big Kentucky fans. Did oh, you have, yeah. like, Rex Chapman posters oh, on yeah. your wall in the 80s? 
The whole deal. Yeah, the whole deal. Well, Rex was a little later than that, I think. But, uh, yeah, the whole deal. Rex, Rex Chapman, uh, way back to Kyle Macy. Uh, but the whole, the whole, I mean, absolutely. Still to this day, I have those, you know, the season posters with the schedule and games and the team on the wall. I, I have those. Um, you know, I'm in my forties, let's say, and I have those on my wall in my old room back home from dating back, you know, 15, 20 years. Um, my, my mom and dad love Kentucky. They love the Wildcats. My mom is an avid, avid follower. Are uh, they it, tweeting it? Hey, Chris, are they the crazy Kentucky fans that are tweeting at me all the time? <laughs> yeah. Yes, they are <laughs> probably. Yeah. They don't know what Twitter is, but they would, if they had Twitter, be tweeting at you. Yes. Yes. They don't like some of your takes on, on Kentucky basketball. I'm uh, sure they don't. I'm sure they don't right now, but they probably don't like watching Kentucky basketball right now either. So. Oh, they're, they're diehard supporters. They, they, they love it. Uh, they love their cats. They love Cal. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, my mom will still to this day, if we're playing, she'll watch us. We're playing at the same time. She'll watch us and then listen to the cats. Really? On our, on, yeah, on the radio. Wow. So So what have you ever played? What if you, you know, you guys, you did did play Kentucky last year. Yeah, they came. Yeah. Yeah, no, they came. They came and, uh, who they root uh, for? No, they, yeah, my dad was really happy. My mom had some mixed feelings after the game when we won, (laughs) but my, my dad, my dad was happy, but, my mom was honestly a little cold. I'll be honest. She was a little cold after the win. <laughs> she was a little cold. That's amazing. Coach, did you – I got to ask you this because Jeff hated on him earlier. Did you like – were you a fan of Roger Harden by chance in Kentucky? Yeah, yeah. I mean, See? I – See? Yeah. All right, Jeff, you hater. Sorry <laughs> to interrupt you. Keep going. But he, he didn't think you'd even know who that was. Yes, yes. All those guys, man, all those guys I followed. I don't remember how old he was relative to what I was but yeah all, all those dudes man those were those were fun teams he was Mr. Basketball in my high school in like that's the right. 80s so that's, that's why I ask you that he played that's about right. high school who was that's your right. favorite Kentucky player your favorite Kentucky player of all time was who I probably growing up it was Kyle Macy but Rex Chapman as I got older man it's hard not to you know if you're a Kentucky kid you know love Rex and the way he played do you have a relationship now with Rex at all you know what? I've, I've met Rex a little bit and, uh, I, I love, I love what he's do, done here. And, you know, I, I, um, you know, he's, he's got these videos that he puts out. I'm a, I'm a dog lover. Yeah. yeah. He's got these videos that, that he puts out on dogs that, that I love, but, uh, I've got a lot of respect for, um, I love watching him as a pro and got a lot of respect for how, you know, he's, my man has, has completely turned his life around. I just, I love that about him. So me too. Me too. Coach, when you look at the Big Ten, who's the one team that scares you the most? I know it's a tough question to answer because there's so many good ones, but you know, I've not had a chance to watch uh, uh, Michigan much, but they're obviously uh, elite um, when you look at their numbers, Robbie, offensively and defensively. Yep. Um, I think we have a number of teams, whether it's Illinois, who can, you know, I think they're really, really good, and I think we've got a number of teams that can make a final four run. Wisconsin's got great veteran leadership. Um, Iowa we played, I think is, is one of the best offensive teams we've ever played. Uh, I mentioned Illinois. Um, and then you have a lot of teams in this league that we, that we play that 
I really believe if, you know, if they get to the tournament uh, or when they get to the tournament, can win a game or get to a second weekend, then I could rattle off four or five uh, schools that, that I really believe could do that. So, um, you know, will this be the year we win a national championship? I think we've got some, some certain uh, possibilities for sure. Who knows? But I think we've got the teams, a number of teams again that can advance. I think it's interesting when we, we talked about Penn State because I had you guys for that game. And, and they might not have an NCAA tournament resume at the end of the year, but I think they're an NCAA tournament level team. Like they're, they're terrifying Absolutely. to play against. Absolutely. I, you could say that about them, Maryland. Um, I think Indiana's clearly in, but, but I think you could, you know, I, there's a number of teams that, that I think are on the brink. And if they get in, um, you know, you wouldn't want to play them, say, if you were a six seed. Right. Um, you just wouldn't They'd want to do it. They'd be afraid of nobody because they've seen yes. the league. And, and it, yeah, totally. I will tell you this, guys, and I've said this. You know, our first year, everybody says, well, you were 15-3 and three in our first year. The league wasn't very good our first year. We had four teams in the NCAA tournament that first year. I came in, I was like, man, this is great. <laughs> like, you know what? Like, this – Next year, it was like, whoa, this league's getting really good. Eight teams in the tournament. Yeah. But we were 8-12, and 12 and we got in because we had some great non-conference wins. Um, but when we got to the tournament, to your point, Robbie, and we played a really good Iowa State team who had just won the Big 12 tournament. Yeah, they were loaded, too. Like Taylor Horton-Tucker and yes. Halliburton and all those dudes. Loaded. We yep. did feel like, okay, like, if we play well, we got a chance because of what we just went through in a 20 yeah. game schedule. We, we really did. And we fortunate to beat a, a really good, well coached Iowa state team. Hey Rob, you know, uh, my daughter, the first person she ever interviewed was Chris Holtman. How about really? that? In her, in her illustrious career. And now the crazy thing. So we go out there last year and uh, I really miss it this year, Chris, because this was going to be the year she's a junior in high school. Yeah. And yeah. I was going to build my schedule around where she wants to go to school and literally just take her wherever I could. And it's, you know, it's hard because she didn't love sports for the first 15 years of her life. And all of a sudden something flipped and she loves it now. So now we go out last year to Ohio state and, uh, and Chris um, not only does the interview with Talia, but also um, they take us on a tour um, around the, the campus, the morning, the morning of the game, a hour and a half. Kyle was unbelievable uh, in, in taking us around. So now she's falling in love with Ohio State, and um, her grades are pretty good. Chris, I, I, I hope she can get in Ohio State. You know, they're definitely number one right now. But you know, and I'm trying to persuade her. Like she's talking like Syracuse and BU. They're like seventy five or eighty grand a year. <laughs> Ohio State out of state is only like I looked, you know, it's like forty five. I'm like, come on, Ohio State, it's great. You've yeah. got everything there. You've got a hockey team. You yeah. got Ohio State, you know. And she loved it because we we drive in at, on Friday night, Rob. We we drive into Cincy and drove from Cincy, flew into Cincy, drove, and we get in about like ten thirty at night, eleven o'clock. And as we're driving to our hotel, I'm like, yeah, hey, let's just drive by the campus, just see what's going on. And she sees everybody walking um, from all the, the frat and sorority houses to the bars. And you, you can see her eyes 
got so big. She's like, yeah, yeah, this is where I want to go to school. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if, if she does go there, Chris, I'm putting it on you to make sure she doesn't get in any trouble in Columbus. We'll keep a good eye on her. We will keep a good eye on her. I, 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 I want to say I do think it's really cool, Coach, that of all the Ohio State guys I know, I've, I played with William Buford over in Spain. I've known Evan from, since college and the USA basketball stuff. I think it's really cool that all of the former Ohio State guys live in Columbus. Yeah. There's not many teams that can say that, and I think it's really cool that you guys can. No, I agree with you. I agree with you, Robbie. It, it's a phenomenal fraternity. Yes. And it really is. And it's not just Thad's players, but obviously Thad's players, especially during the, those kind of glory years, are really close. Sure. And it's yeah. Evan, the TBT. They all they all yes. love playing together. <clears throat> you can tell. You can to Evan and Jared and Aaron and John and they, they all of them. Uh, Buford. They 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 have a lighty and they're phenomenal people too. Yep. They're phen- yes, they phenomenal people. So uh, it's really cool the connection they have, the fraternity they have, and you know Mike Conley lives. Mike Red. Those guys have all been great. And dating, you know Clark Kellogg. Clark Kellogg is also. You know, we have a former players dinner at the start of every year. Uh, that originated it and it's, it's a great time, man. Yeah, that's way, that's very cool. Well, listen, we, we appreciate you, uh, you taking some time. We know you're, you're pretty busy here. And, uh, the good, the good thing is you probably shouldn't have to see a Purdue Boilermaker for the rest of the, at least the regular season. We know you won't have to see one, especially Hummel. Like you're done with Hummel. No, he might see. Well, I guess I don't think I'll be on site, but he might have to at least get on a Zoom with me a couple more times. So I think I've got Ohio State. Fine. Yeah, it's a, it's a reminder every time I see Robbie of zero and two. And uh, and Jeff, I appreciate your text about Painter giving giving me a zero and two record here. I appreciate you you digging at me a little bit on that. But no, I it's great being with you guys. And enjoyed it and uh, enjoy enjoy when I get a chance listening to you guys' stuff. I really do. I appreciate what you guys do for, for our game. I really Thanks. do. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. And Rob, Rob won't need to get in a Zoom again with you because he, he's got now the, the, the story um, that he could tell on the air, you know, about the hair transplant. So he, he's good. He's got enough ammo now. Um, that, that I thought that was just going to stay between us. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It is. I'm not, an, I'm not, an, offensive, I'm not an offensive journalist, so I'm not gonna. I, I don't need that that shit that Goodman does to, to <laughs> throw stuff. Appreciate that, Robin. I appreciate it. Appreciate hey, it. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.